This is Soccer News IV. Soccer News IV. It's in your veins. Brought to you by SoccerRom.com. From Bumblebee to high school to college to the pros, before the best coaches go to practice, they go to SoccerRom.com. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Well, let's start this week with some national team news. The women are heading to China. The U.S. women's national team qualified for the Olympics in China by beating Costa Rica 3-0 last week. Natasha Kai had two of those three goals. And just for added emphasis, the women then beat Canada in a penalty kick shootout to claim the top spot in CONCACAF. Now, don't feel too bad for Canada. As second place, they will also be heading to Beijing this summer. So who's not going? How about Mexico? That's right, Mexico is not sending either a men's or women's team to the Olympics this year. That means the former powerhouse is not even the second best team in CONCACAF right now. That's got to hurt. On the men's side, World Cup qualifying is coming up starting this summer. To get ready, Bob Bradley has some big-name friendlies for the Yanks. The first is against England on May 28th in Wembley Stadium. Then a week later, on June 4th, the U.S. will play against Spain in Santander, Spain. And four days after that, the U.S. will play against the number one ranked team in the world, Argentina. That will take place in Giant Stadium on June 8th. All three games will be shown on ESPN2 or ESPN Classic. Of course, as we get closer, I'll have exact times for you in the schedule. On to MLS News. The earthquakes are putting down roots. This week, earthquakes owner Lou Wolf has come to terms with the city of San Jose to purchase land near the San Jose International Airport for $132 million. 18 acres of the 66 acres up for sale will be used for the San Jose Earthquakes' new 18,000-seat stadium. The rest will be used for hotel and business development. Now, there are still some things that could derail the plan. Wolf needs the city to rezone some other property he owns from industrial to residential. He will then use the money from developing that land to pay for the land by the airport. Plus, the city council has to approve the sale of the land by the airport in the first place. However, the city does have a vested interest in doing both things because by selling the 66 acres to Wolf, the city would walk away with a $51 million profit. And that's a pretty good incentive. Over in Chicago, there is a change at the top. This week, the club announced they decided to part ways with general manager John Guppy. The announcement came on the third anniversary of the day Guppy signed with the fire, so that looks to me like the new owner of the Chicago franchise, Andrew Houtman, just decided to let Guppy's contract run out. Houtman had said in previous media articles that he was disappointed with the team's performance on the field and in the front office. It's also been reported he was not happy losing head coach Osario to Red Bull New York in the offseason. So now the team is looking for new leadership. 
Ironically, the team that stole Chicago's coach is also looking for new leadership. Managing director Mark DeGrandpre announced last week he was leaving the Bulls. He didn't say where he was going, just pursuing an opportunity in the business community. This is yet another big change for the Red Bull franchise, and it comes just a few months after DeGrandpre announced a new era of stability was heading to New York. One thing that does seem to show stability is how MLS teams fare in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Once again, both D.C. United and the Houston Dynamo have been eliminated. D.C. actually won at home against Pachuca 2-1, but lost on aggregate 3-2. Houston lost in Costa Rica to Deportivo Saprissa 3-0. Now Pachuca and Saprissa will play for the championship starting on April 23rd. Three members of the Cuban Olympic soccer team who defected to the U.S. last month are getting a chance to play for the L.A. Galaxy. They are goalkeeper Jose Manuel Miranda, midfielder Yordani Alvarez, and defender Yanir Bermudez. And if you've seen any of L.A.'s games so far this season, you know the team is desperate for some defending and some goalkeeping. So we'll see if this is able to work out for the players and the club. Toronto is happy to be home again, especially after their flight from L.A. was forced to make an emergency landing in Omaha, Nebraska. Apparently, the flight suffered some hydraulics problems in the engine. It was fixed after a three-hour delay. So the players and the rest of the passengers were able to continue on the same plane. Well, let's get to the games. On Wednesday, Kansas City's Jack Jewsbury scored two goals. One was an own goal, and the other was a penalty kick, so by the 28th minute, the score was 1-1, to and Jewsbury's name was the only one on the scorer's sheet. Then New England's new Gambians took over. Sayani Naasi scored in the 33rd, and Kenny Mansali scored in the 40th. The final was 3-1 to for New England. On Saturday, Chicago spoiled San Jose's homecoming when Chad Barrett scored in the 19th minute. Shea Salinas missed a point-blank shot in injury time that would have tied the game. Instead, Chicago walked away with three points. It was a wild match in Columbus. First, the crew went up 1-0 over Chivas USA thanks to a penalty kick by Guillermo Barros Scalato. Then Chivas's Sasha Kleisten struck an absolutely beautiful rocket from 25 yards out to tie the game. The crew were able to build a 3-1 lead before the Goats climbed back into the game. By the 78th minute, the score was tied again after a goal by Paulo Nagamura. Then Robbie Rogers found a way to put the ball past Brad Guzan in the 82nd minute for the winning goal. Frankly, I have no idea how Guzan didn't stop that shot, and by the looks of the replay, Guzan doesn't either. That's about when Chivas lost their collective minds. Francisco Mendoza was ejected in the 83rd for his second yellow. Then one minute later, Kleistian was ejected for a ridiculous foul on Scalato. Chivas ended the match down two players and one goal. 4-3 was the final. Colorado continues their solid start to 2008 with a victory in New England. The Rapids beat the Revs 1-0 in Foxborough. Houston continues their lackluster start to the 2008 
with a 0-0 tie in Kansas City. It's Kansas's fourth home game in a row to start. So far, they are 2-1-1. FC Dallas scored early on the other Bulls in Frisco on Saturday. Arturo Alvarez headed home the game winner in the first minute. Kenny Cooper scored his third goal of the season in the 66th minute as Dallas was finally able to hold on to a 2-0 win over Red Bull New York. Real Salt Lake had D.C. United's number. Kyle Beckerman scored two goals during the Royals' 4-0 routing of D.C. The only team Salt Lake has a winning record against in the franchise history is D.C. United. So far, they are 3-1-1. By the way, Salt Lake's only been in the league for two years, and those are the same two years that D.C. has won the Supporters' Shield for the best regular season record. I can't explain it other than Salt Lake just has D.C.'s number. And in L.A., the offensive tandem of Landon Donovan and David Beckham is something beautiful to watch. So far, the pair has hit four goals in three games. Unfortunately for L.A. fans, the defense for the Galaxy looks like the Keystone Cops at times. L.A. gave away the game on Sunday to Toronto FC. This match should have gone down 3-4-1 or four to one in favor of L.A., but Landon Donovan missed a wide-open goal after he beat the Reds' entire defense and left keeper Greg Sutton sprawling on the carpet. And L.A.'s Greg Vanny had a nightmare of a game. He either missed the ball or failed to mark his man on all three of Toronto's goals, and he wasn't getting much help from the keeping either. The final was 3-2. to two. Let's get to the schedule. On Thursday, the Columbus crew take on D.C. United. The crew may want to think about wearing dark red and blue with yellow highlights for the match just to throw D.C. off. You can watch it on ESPN2 at 8 Eastern. Saturday, the Royals take on the Reds for Toronto's home opener. You can bet the crowd will be in it. The match starts at 1230 on direct kick. New England will play New York in New Jersey on Saturday at 7.30. That game is on HDNet. The Earthquakes will try to shake the Rapids at 9.30 Eastern. That game will be shown on Fox Soccer Channel. Houston travels to the Home Depot Center to face the most porous defense in the galaxy. You can watch on direct kick at 10.30. Kansas City will meet the fire in Bridgeview on Sunday at 3.00. That game will be on Telefutura. And FC Dallas play Chivas USA in L.A. This will be the second meeting between these two teams so far this season. That game is on direct kick at 8 Eastern. That's all for us this week. I need to say thanks to SoccerRom.com for all their support. For Soccer News IV, I'm Stephen Parr. Soccer News IV, it's in your veins.